This is Stories of Salem, a new broadcast from CC Media's Community News Desk. I'm your host, Megan Jonas, reporting with my co-host, Ashley Jackson-Lawrence. Today, we're chatting with the Executive Director of Enlightened Theatrics, Jessica Peterson. Peterson is a staple of the Salem community and took over as the theater's second executive director six months ago. Listen to Peterson explain the importance of self-expression through live performance and hear about her plans for Enlightened Theatrics' future. My name is Jessica Peterson. I am the executive director here at Enlightened Theatrics. I grew up here in Salem. I um, went to private school and and then to public school. um, And my dad, we owned a restaurant here. Um, And so I grew up in the food service business, uh, started when I was 10 and helped run the Broadway Cafe. And that essentially was a part of my legacy, uh, 20 years in food service. Um, Went to McKay High School, go Scots, and uh, grew up in the Northeast uh, Lancaster area. It's the only thing I know and so it's not I don't have a lot of references of what's different I think what I really enjoyed like I said is being in a business aspect um, I had a lot of opportunities to collaborate with other businesses um, I would say for me my dad did a really great job at making sure I was plugged in making sure I stayed active uh, in sports um, outside of school in school and so it definitely has been a unique experience. I think I'm still figuring out for me and my identity what that means to be in Salem. Um, And I get glimpses of the differences when I go down south or when I visit with my family in California. Um, But I feel like I have a stake in this community to have really good conversations about what it means to be black in our city, um, how to bring those voices together and really talk about um, what it means, what community actually means. It's, It's hard to not recognize when you're the only in a situation. I think that that's just a very obvious uh, reality. And I I say to my friends, I'm used to being the only, but I think where people, where it's hard to have the conversation is what does that actually mean to be the only? And it really is about the awareness of different cultures and understanding what things are maybe okay to say or what things that kind of come off as, oh, you don't really actually know anything about my culture. When I went to Louisiana, I didn't, there was no difference there. It was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of me here and there isn't a lot of, you are outside of, um, I was a part of. And I don't think Salem does that on purpose. I think that's just, that's the Pacific Northwest. I think that's something that we just have to grow. Um, I get to be a part of those conversations and sometimes they're tough, uh, but I embrace them. There's been a couple times where I've been in some roles where it's the it's the obvious black role. And I think I remember having a conversation. I said, man, it'd be great to just be in a role because I'm talented, not because you need the token. Right. Um, I feel like Salem doesn't have the luxury of sitting on that anymore. I think that we can do a better job at um doing different shows that are not calling for tokens and onlys. Um, And so for me, I've just been trying to figure out how to be more aware and have a lot more knowledge of the theater industry. And it's different in this role because I'm so used to being on the stage. Now I get to actually build the community and the culture that I want to see here. And sometimes that means um, doing shows that are not going to be the most well-known because I'm actually trying to tell a meaningful story, not a story that's been told all the time. I 
I have been working um, acting out of this company since 2017 was one of my first performances and um, kind of just getting to know the founding director um, I fell in love with a professional theater we're the only professional house that produces so we have a lot of community theaters but we're the only professional theater and so for me getting a degree in music um, once you get a degree in something that's pretty niche it's hard to get a job unless you are in a bigger city so I was drawn to the fact that we were providing paid opportunities for our actors and our uh, creative designers and so I fell in love uh, kept doing a few shows here and then joined the education committee because another thing that I love is building the workforce, growing and developing that next generation as a business owner. Um, that's how it started for me. So joined the education committee and got involved there. And that's when COVID hit and I was working actually with Young Life. So I was working with youth full time. Um, and that was when the founding director wanted to change to more education and bringing more opportunities in for our youth. And so just stuck around and that position led to a board position um, and sat on the board. And really it had to do with the fact that I've been in Salem, the fact that I've worked in almost every industry, I tell people I can't buy, uh, build you a house. That's like really the only thing I can't do. Um, but needing someone who understands the footprint of the youth, the workforce, and who has a passion for the theater, uh, the board said yes. And so I was like, well, we're doing it. <laughs> um, I came in in the middle of the closing of 2022. And so I think taking over in any capacity of any nonprofit, um, you don't know what you don't know. And so for me, and because I was on the board, I had I had some grace because I was a part of the board. I knew the members of the board, so I could be very transparent. It wasn't a matter of like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid to tell you. No, I was like, no, this is where we're at. <laughs> and this is what I can offer. So it's been hectic. Um, and Susicle was my first production and it was amazing and it was a lot of fun. And I learned what I needed to change, what things I could keep. Um, and then I'm like, okay, it's 2023, let's, let's hit the ground. I love music, so I have been singing. Um, I think my first solo was preschool. <laughs> and I've uh, been singing my whole life, and I enjoy performing. Uh, when I decided that I was going to say yes to full-time music, that was coming out of high school, and uh, decided to go to college and get my bachelor's in performance at Western Oregon University. And um, I love music and I love people and I love bringing people together. I love uh, being the connector, the bridge builder in our city. Uh, people will tell you, uh, they give the joke of like, you, you're like the mayor. It's like, you know everyone, everywhere we go, you know at least five people. Um, and I like to share that and I like to bring people to the table. So we are all about providing professional and educational opportunities for the Mid Willamette Valley. Um, and I think we uh, do that by enriching and exp we expand. It's all about expansion. And um, I think that for me, our, our values are educating, uh, employing and engaging. And I think one of the things that's important about those three is that they are all intertwined. You can't do one without the other. And I am a big believer in education at all levels. And so I don't believe that you have to just have youth in a production to educate. I think that the workforce has changed so much. And I want to bridge that gap of being able to provide every generation an opportunity to learn more about what their skills are, uh, what drives them, um, and then also helping them get to that next step.
when you're a specialist, you make it to that point to be able to get paid for what you're doing. And so the arts is no different. Um, and I think when we're living, we're living in that world where trade and everything is coming up. And as somebody who got a degree in music, it is so hard to find work afterwards, right? And so I think it's important to remember that we're, we are furthering the conversation of the workforce. It's gonna look different, but everyone participates and everyone gets to be a part of, we all partake in the arts. And so I believe creatives deserve the same thing that we give everyone else. There has to be a reason or um, a way that we actually talk more about the need for arts and culture in Salem because we have so many small businesses, but people need to come and do something. They need to have something to do in the city and we're the state capital. So I'm just like, why are we still missing that 18 to 35 demographic where there's not a lot of activities for that age group? Um, and so I'm trying to think of ways broad, you know, broad scope um, about travel Salem and travel Oregon and like the flights coming in and all those things, we need to make Salem a destination. Like there, there are amazing things here. We have amazing nonprofits that do great social work, but we have amazing small businesses who have a lot of great skills for our youth and for our adults. Um, and we have amazing food here, right? And, our, and it's really rich. And so I think that I'm trying to think of ways to, to have people make this a stop. Not a pass through, right? To Portland or anything else, like a stop. If you're not somebody who is an actor or a creative, I think it's easy to forget that people are doing this, right? Like, and, and I don't know how it's not hard to think about that in the celebrity world when we are streaming things, because it's the same, that people spent a year and a half recording and going to work every day and putting makeup on every day. And so I think that I'm, I'm trying to figure out for the community as an actor, I know people come out because they know that I'm passionate about what I do and that I pour myself into that. And so I really think that we get to create that atmosphere for the families and our friends around us because they believe in what we get to create as, um, as a medium, as a job. It's also a job, you know what I mean? So it's providing work. And so I'm, I don't know, man, I, I'm hoping that we get to the point where we want to continue to invest in coming to see live performances. COVID did not do anybody any favors. Um, and I think that there is this, there's this stigma maybe just around congregating in smaller spaces, which I totally respect and understand. Um, and I think people forget that there's some also that stress level re reduction in the way that as a performer, I get to show up and I get to live out my dream. And it really does change the trajectory of my life and students' lives and everyone who gets to be a part of it. Um, I think people just need to have more opportunities to do it. There are studies that show uh, kids who partake in something creative that's tangible, that you, it's tactile and all of that. It, that fires all synapses, right? And I, and I would beg to argue with anybody who will say that the theater arts or music does not challenge and or push forward all of those communication skills, those interpersonal skills, like food services and the arts, retail and the arts. Those are the two worlds, like customer service, that really you have to be on at in every level, right? And so um, I think that young people, um, they want to express themselves. And I think that this upcoming generation is really about expressing themselves. They're really about finding belonging. Um, I will also say that the culture of theater is probably one of the safest and most belonging places for our friends, for our youth. Um, and, and it's because there's not a, there is no 
we're breaking down barriers and boundaries where it's like we want you to be fully who you are in this space um, and even when you're telling a story you may be depicting somebody else but we still want you involved in that I love being able to come in and um, express the joy, the heart-wrenching, um, anger, the rage, whatever, whatever it be. Um, I had a couple people in my life who were super huge to allow me a platform to sing, um, and I'm also just really good at it. It's just a part of who I am. Um, I feel like one of my spiritual gifts is worship. It is expressing myself creatively, and so I get to do that, um, and it's fun to be a part of. And then, like I said, it draws a connection to me in a different way. When I'm on stage, it's a different Jessica, right? But she's still just as full and vivacious as she was. I think for me, it clicked when I said, I want to do this full time. And so I had, I didn't really have that many people who had the experience or the, the bandwidth to bring me into the spaces to gain that experience. And so I would encourage anybody who's wanting to really pursue, um, first start, if you're a student, obviously start with your teachers. Um, but I, but I would say, don't be afraid to look outside of the school that you're in. Like I, when I was in college, some of the best work that I did had nothing to do with being in college. Like I took three years off of my degree to help run our business. And that was the most enriching experience. And when I went back to school and as I'm like right now, I'm finishing my math, my doing my master's, um, I would have not learned as much as I did because education only, it's not in the book, right? They can't teach you the world outside in, in a classroom setting. And so I would always encourage anybody to, to ask questions and seek out those people that you know. Um, is there a directory? Is there, you know, do we all talk and we know each other and all that stuff? Um, so maybe that's something to work on because I know there are people who are like, we didn't even, in this theory, we didn't even know you did stuff here. We didn't know you existed. Like, and it's like, what, how do we fix that? Like, are we not more, are we not visible enough? Have we not put ourselves out there in different ways? Um, so yeah, so I would encourage anybody to ask your immediate circle first, um, but then be okay. Don't be, don't be afraid of reaching outside of that. But I think social media is probably your best bet of like just searching uh, what's happening in the city. Um, and then also be okay advocating for what you want. I think that's like, something that I, it took me, I'm still learning how to advocate for what I want and advocate for what I deserve. Um, because it's very easy. And I think in a smaller community to say, well, we don't have that here. Maybe you should try doing this instead. Chances are it's here, right? Um, so don't feel like you have to shift because it's not the working normal, if that makes sense. So I would say be okay advocating for it and asking those questions and pursue, 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 be persistent. Right? Don't let people not get back to you. Don't let people say, well, I actually don't know where to find it, but I'll look. Follow up. Have you found it? Did you look? Right? Hold people accountable for what they say that they're going to help you with. So, and then come reach out to me. Like, I'm, like I said, I will help find the space. If someone wants to experience something, um, the open door policy here. You know, I'm inviting people in all the time to come see what we're doing, ask questions, be a part of the process. We know our own spirit. We know how, we know when we're like, oh, I'm feeling a rise. What's that, what's that tug? pursue that tug, right? Don't let people tell you you can't pursue that tug. If I'm pursuing something that didn't pan out, I still did it. And that's where it's like, we get to a point where we're like, I don't wanna be outside that comfort zone. It's like, it's scary to put myself out there. But what do you learn? Everything is a learning opportunity, right? So what do you, even if it doesn't work out, what did you learn about yourself in the process? Because it could lead you to where you are supposed to be.
I talk a lot and I have a lot to say. And one of my, one of my weakness, not my weakness, an opportunity in a role in any nonprofit is to be able to listen, listen to what the people are saying, listen to the hurts, listen to their dreams, um, and ask really good questions. And so I'm excited to listen because I think if I can listen and then discern who those people should be at the table, then I can propel that next. Like I said, I'm a community builder. So I love bringing the people into the room because I think that everyone has worth when they are seen, heard, and have a seat at the table. Um, and I know that I'm not going to be the one that has all of the answers and I'm not going to be the one that has all the solutions. So listening is going to be important for this next year um, to really understand what do we actually need and who are the people who can provide those needs to us. The arts can challenge us in a good way, but it can also reveal some things to us. And I'm always a believer of like, if there's a reaction, you should lean into that. <laughs> Why are you reacting? What, good or bad? Like, what is that reaction? So I'm excited in my role to maybe cause some reactions, right? Cause people to think a little bit uh, deeper. Um, and so lean in. I would just invite everyone to lean in um, and also invite everyone to ask questions. I think that we need to ask more questions sometimes um, and be willing to listen, take it in, and then make a decision afterwards. I'm very collaborative and I believe I believe that we have to we have to be flexible to get to know and really experience strength. So I like to create safe spaces for people to do that. I'm not a micromanager. Um, the people that I hire, the teams that I hire, I trust that they know what they're doing. My role has changed in the fact that I don't get to be on stage as much, really, if we're being honest. But it's still the same collaboration as an actor um, than in this role, where I get to sit down with my teams. You know, we meet for production meetings, and. I get to listen, I get to hear. And my question is, how can I help? How can I support you? Because they are also creatives and they are also learning what their strengths, where, you know, what resistance they need, uh, what pushback they need. And so I really get to create and look at a 30,000 foot view of what are we communicating out outside of this building. Um, and then when we're bringing people in, like a susical, when we have younger students working with adults, what's the culture and the communication happening there? Is everyone safe? Does everyone feel like they have a voice? Um, and then if I do need to step in, doing so with kindness, respect, and grace. We're doing Dear Elizabeth, um, and so storytelling, right? So this is um, telling the stories of two poets, uh, Robert Lowell and Elizabeth Bishop, and they wrote over 375 letters back and forth to each other over four decades. And so Sarah Rule, uh, took their letters and put them into a play. And it tells the story of their friendship, of love lost and found. Um, it's a two-person play. And it's the first play that Enlightened has done uh, pre-COVID. So it's different. We've done a lot of musicals and I love musicals uh, myself personally. <laughs> For my own for my own growth so we wanted to do something that was telling stories of people who lived and i think it's going to be something that's intriguing because we talk about the the power of letter writing and in a digital world what does that actually look like and so my hope is that i'm drawing in the generation who has written letters who have you know i have friends who are veterans who all they did and that you longed for that next letter in the mail. Um, and then I'm hoping that our younger generations, including myself, uh, can be impacted by what does it mean to not have your phone, to not have instant access to contacting somebody? Um, how does that bridge the gap and how does that uh, bring together the friendships? So Dear Elizabeth, it runs March 10th through the 12th and 17th through the 19th. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So I'm hoping everyone shows up. <laughs>
I think something that's going to be important about this show, if you've been to the Grand, um, we have this beautiful house, uh, 300 plus seats, um, but we're actually doing the show on the stage. So we're building out a three-quarter thrust, and so it's only going to be 78 seats, um, and it's going to be very intimate. So you're going to be right up front with the actors experiencing uh, this story. So I think that live theater gives people an opportunity to participate in the moment um, versus a movie, Netflix, listening to something on Spotify, right? Or even a record. Um, you actually get to feel the emotions from everyone that's on the stage and then you get to determine what that means to you in the moment. And so I think that that's super powerful. This is so much more than just the stories that we're telling. Come and listen to the storytellers. Dear Elizabeth runs March 10th through the 12th and 17th through the 19th. For tickets, visit enlightenedtheatrics.org slash tickets. For more information about Enlightened Theatrics, visit enlightenedtheatrics.org. I'm Megan Jonas from CC Media, and this is Stories of Salem. Thanks for listening.